This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, my name is Daryl Ong, and you tune in to Banan, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. Harimau Malaya might be knocked out of the Asian Cup in Qatar. However, our national team went out with a bang, holding footballing giant South Korea to a thrilling 3-3 draw that saw Malaysia scoring our first point in the tournament since the 1980 edition. Definitely one of the more exciting matches of the entire tournament so far. Winger Faisal Halim's opening goal ended the country's 39-year goal drought against the Koreans, who by the way placed over 100 spots over Malaysia in the FIFA rankings. We're joined by Kishnan Sundaresan as we kickstart this episode with that result over the weekend, a draw that felt like a victory. Yeah, it definitely felt like a victory for for multiple reasons, uh, really. First and foremost, the manner in which it was accomplished because it was a last, you know, a, a last few seconds sort of equaliser. Mm. Um, in any game, when you equalise that late, it'll always feel like a win. Yeah. Uh, but then even more so when you take the opposition into into account, right? You're up against um, tournament favourites, South Korea, um, who have, you know, a host of players playing in some of the biggest clubs on the planet, you know, I mean, everyone talks about Son Heung-min and Huang Hee-chan, but then outside of the Premier League, you still have guys like Huang In-byom who plays in, in Serbia and mm. Lee Kang-in who plays for for PSG and Kim Min-jae who on that day really had a rough night against um, Malaysia's attack. He plays for Bayern Munich and yeah. won the Serie A with Napoli last year. So yep. it's, it's a completely stacked team. And when you put all of those things together, understandably, it did feel like a victory that mm. night. Almost 100 over places above us in the rankings yeah. as well, right? Uh, many fans, uh, I think yourself included, uh, you were you know hosting the Astro shows mm. uh, during the first two matches. And, you know... Um, we were a little bit critical uh, mm. of Kim Pangon and his selection as for the first two games. Mm. But if anything, the South Korea tie is a perfect way to bounce back almost. Yeah, I, I think the what I liked the most and what I appreciated the most about the South Korean tie was that it was a perfect response to a lot of these narratives that started coming out about, hey, this is the actual standard of Malaysian football. Mm. After the first two defeats, people were, uh, you know, pessimists were quick to jump on the bandwagon to dismiss the, you know, the work put in over the last two years mm. and simply just proclaim that um, this is the actual reflection of what Malaysian football and where Malaysian football is at the moment. You know, a 4 nil defeat to Jordan, mm. um, a 1-0 defeat to Bahrain. Mm. Whereas anyone who's followed Harimau Malaya over the last two years would know that the team is far better than the outcome of that first two games. And I'm so, so, so glad that we got a glimpse of it in that game against South Korea because it was a reminder that um, the first two games was not a reflection of the standards, but rather, uh, you know, a bad day at the office, uh, uh, a singular nightmare um, that just happened to to cause problems for Malaysia. So uh, in that sense, I was really, really, really grateful that we were able to pull off that result. That's that confidence aspect as well, right? I think the first two games, uh, like we mentioned many times, you know, first time in the Asian Cup for 40 yeah. over years. The third game was such a day, day and night almost, you know. We yeah. had so much confidence on the pitch. Yeah. Matching Korea toe-to-toe. I mean, possession aside, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I think, I think it's confidence. Uh, definitely some of the boys were, you know, 
um, very nervous, especially in that first game, uh, Jordan, the first yeah. 30 minute block where we completely crumbled. Mm. Um, I think they couldn't cope with the intensity that Jordan were bringing. I mean, bear in mind that Jordan uh, are regarded as dark horses for this tournament. They are also, you know, regular uh, fixtures at this tournament. So this is not a new stage for mm. a lot of these players. Mm. For for the Malaysian boys, all of them, this is probably the highest level that they've ever played in before, perhaps bar Dion Kuhls, who's played in the Champions mm. League before. Not so maybe, Club yes, Yeah, so. Nacho mm. played in the mm. La Liga, but everyone else, yeah. this is the biggest stage. Mm. So, I, you know, the, the, the nerves inevitably got the better of them in the first couple of games. And I'll also say that Kim Pangon himself, he might not say this out in public, but I'm, but I'm pretty certain that in private, he'll be the first to admit that he made a couple of mistakes uh, mm. with team selections and tactical mm. decisions mm. in the first couple of games. But in the last game, when we went back to the tried and tested method, when we went back to the boys that have carried us over the last two years, you know, yeah. then the result really came for sure. For sure. Um, in focus now into the players, lots of redemption story arcs, right? For, for our national squad, Rama Morales mm. repaying Kim Pangon's faith. Um, Arif Ayman Faisal Halim finally mm. turning up in that third match, and also a big shout out to Brendan Gunn, yeah, uh, who overcame cancer to play on the biggest stage yeah. in Asia as well. <laughs> it's um, insane. Who the, who are the other standouts for you in, in terms of uh, yeah, players? Uh, you've mentioned a, a bunch of really really good names, but I'm going to mention two other names. Um, one is Dominic Tan, yeah, um, the centre back who who by the way has come under heavy criticism in the last few months. You know, he's even before the Asian Cup, there were even calls by fans for him to not be included in the in the squad uh, because he made some costly errors during the Pesta Bola Madeka during some of the World Cup qualifiers. Uh, but it was always a weird one because Dominic Tan that we see in the national team prior to this was very different to the Dominic Tan we see with Sabah mm. you know who compete on the continental front they play in the AFC Cup against some of the best teams across the Southeast Asian region mm. and he always looks very assured and you know confident And but for some reason with the national team in the last few months he has struggled so given all the calls, it came to the point where it, it got so heavy that some of his teammates had to come out in public and defend him. Even right. Ong Kim Sui, his coach at Sabah, had to come out in public and, and release a statement saying that he is better than you think he is and don't tear him apart. Mm. Um, and then comes the Asian Cup. I mean, he did well against Bahrain, but the South Korea yeah, performance yeah, was yeah. just utterly sensational and it, it, it was amazing because it felt like you know he, he made a full circle and he, uh, it, it was the perfect uh, justification as to why Kim Pangon continues to place his trust in him so there's Dominic and then there's another guy called Daniel Ting Daniel Ting, Ting, yep. Daniel Ting about Insane. four years ago left football entirely mm. for an entire year you know he took a sabbatical he went travelling you know he just tried to sort of figure himself out and then he came back into fo football with KL City won Won the Malaysia Cup mm. in his first year, mm. goes on to play for JDT again, goes to Sabah mm. this year, back in the national team. Marking Song Hyun-min. <laughs> I think there was at least three or four crucial, yeah. timely interceptions against Sonny. Yeah, it was yeah. just crazy. So Daniel Ting, Dominic Tan were absolutely incredible on the night. Mm, definitely uh, coming back with our heads held high. Uh, up next, uh, Kish is the World Cup qualifi uh, qualification match yeah. versus Oman. If anything, the Asia Cup can serve as a good warm-up to this. Mm. But also, um, there are concerns about it being in the off-season of yeah. the Super League, right? Um, yeah. Do you think this will affect form in any way? I think th this is the major concern. Um, I remember bringing this up in a, a couple of the shows that I did as well. Um, but... Um, as of now, the, the early pictures I'm getting from, from FAM is that they plan to 
for the boys to report for training almost a month in advance. Okay. So right now they're all on their respective breaks. They're taking time off the game and everything. But then in in mid February, if I'm not mistaken, a lot of them will report back to duty. Mm. And then two friendly games have been uh, are in okay. the midst of getting scheduled. Okay. One over here and one in the Middle East um, because Malaysia will be playing Oman home and away. And this is this is a very very important fixture. Mm. Um, Malaysia currently top the group with two wins from two games, beating Kyrgyzstan and Chinese Taipei. If we get six points out of these two ties against Oman, who themselves are in a, in a bit of a turmoil having sacked their coach just after the Asia Cup, if we beat them, we automatically secure qualification to Asia Cup 2026. Mm, mm. And that will be massive. And yeah. we will get into round three of World Cup qualification, which is a stage we've never been to before. Mm, so mm. that's why the Asia Cup is the Asia Cup but all eyes is now on the next two games against Oman in the World Cup qualifiers. Mm. How about the friendlies uh, before? Who, who are we facing? Uh, no, 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 yet. no word yet, but I'm hoping we get some significant opposition because I felt that one of the reasons we struggled a big, uh, ahead of the Asian Cup is because we did not have enough high-quality opponents. We yep. only played Syria, mm. one friendly game. Some some of the other teams in the Asia Cup played three friendlies. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. we need to get that in the back. Yeah. Maybe you should play Korea again. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect warm-up, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, to end off this story, uh, Kish, crystal ball time. You know, early on, the, before the tournament, you said Japan were the favourites. Yeah. Uh, tournament, right? That's been pretty unpredictable so yeah. far. Tajikistan. Oh, uh, man, yesterday. what a story, yeah. Um, now that the group stage is done, still sticking with Japan? Yeah, I'm still saying Japan. I, I, I think Japan haven't kicked into first gear at all. Uh, they've not kicked into the fourth, fifth gear, sorry, um, at all. They, they've been, you know, pretty relaxed. I know the defeat against Iraq would have caused a bit of uproar, but. Um, They've got more than enough quality to just go super deep in the tournament and, and lift, it, lift the trophy at the end of the day. That was Kishnan Sundaresan as we reflected on the 3-3 draw against South Korea in the Asian Cup, a result that saw the team bowing out of Qatar with heads held high. Coming up, we talk about the rise of the football club in the country, Johor Darul Takzim. My name is Darul Ong and this is Bar None. Stay tuned, only here on BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.